Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak podcast. I am Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. I hope you're having a wonderful week so far. I hope you enjoyed the last series in September where we talked about dog breeds, the different groups, and hopefully you got some understanding of some traits that your dog has, uh, maybe some traits that drive you crazy uh, and that may seem abnormal but are normal for your breed of dog. I hope you've got some, maybe, uh, some education on what you would like to see for your next dog. Either way, I hope you enjoyed the series and I hope you've had an opportunity to share it with your friends and family. And if you're new to listening, thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us and for being in training as a dog speak geek. If you've not had a chance to go back and listen to other episodes, I really encourage you to go back and listen. Uh, some of my favorites are our episode on being proactive. Uh, does your dog have the right to say no? And does your dog trust you? Uh, I think those are some of my favorite episodes. Uh, so if you get a chance, go back and listen to that. And again, please share with your family and friends. We are uh, looking at getting and reaching 20,000 downloads by the end of the month. Um, and if we do that, I think we are going to give away some products, um, some Dog Speak products. So please stay tuned for that. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and we'll keep you updated on that. We are in the process of working on it and should have some information out to you soon. Okay, so October. October is my absolute favorite month. I'm a huge Halloween fan. Um, I love Halloween. It is, uh, for me, uh, the greatest time of the year. Um, I like a scary Halloween, not a frou-frou Halloween. Uh, so if you're local, you can run by our place in White Bluff and see all the wonderful decorations that we have. Uh, and we've already got our decorations up, and I am recording this at the end of September. 
yes, we've had decorations up for over a week and we keep adding to them. Uh, so if you're out in our area, please swing by. Uh, you really can't miss us. All right, so new series going to go this month. We will be talking about uh, your pets and costumes. Is that appropriate? Um, as well as what are some of the best ways to handle Halloween? Um, is Halloween going to be normal this year? I can tell you it's going to be normal at my house. If that means I have to throw candy to kids from the front porch, that is what we will do. We will be having Halloween, um, but we will be talking about the best ways to handle your dog if you are going to have Halloween and people coming to your house, what's the best way for your dog to um, handle the doorbell and the different kids and the scary things? And is it really appropriate to scare your dog with a Halloween mask? Uh, so those are some of the upcoming episodes we will have, uh, more than likely closer to Halloween. Uh, but today, I want to talk about doggy daycare. Um, I know that dog daycare is really popping up everywhere it has been around for quite some time. I opened my facility back in 2002. I was one of the first daycares in Middle Tennessee and um, it really just took off for me and it, it gave me a lot of education and understanding of dog communication, dog interaction. And I would say that I probably learned the most about dogs by watching them with each other. And so I wanna talk today about the best way to choose a dog daycare uh, for your dog, and is even dog daycare right for your dog? Um, I think dog daycare can be wonderful, uh, but I don't think it's necessarily for every dog. So you may be taking your dog to a dog daycare. You may be in the process of looking for one, uh, but you don't know how to find one. You look at reviews, but you know, the reviews don't always give you uh, the exact um, information you're looking for. Uh, so it's best to do your own research, and the best research is talking to the staff, talking to the management, and if the owner is there and working, talking to the owner, uh, because it is important that you feel very comfortable leaving your dog in an environment uh, where things can go wrong. Uh, so, you know, that's something that we have to really understand, that things can go wrong. Uh, dogs do fight. They do have altercations. Um, and, you know, some dogs can get injured at daycare. No different than your child going to the playground or playing, um, you know, with other kids. Things get rough. You break things. You twist things. You get bruised. You get cut. And that's just a part of life. Uh, and it's more a part of life of dogs because altercations do happen. They're not always a bloodbath uh, dog fight. But altercations do happen. Uh, so it's not really that abnormal uh, what we want to know is how dog daycares are trying to prevent as many altercations as possible, as well as how do they handle those. But that's just a couple of the questions we're going to be asking uh, daycares on, um, you know, the way they run their facility, because their answers should determine whether your dog goes there or not. So let's start out as, is daycare right for your dog, or, or what dogs should go to daycare? For me, I would really love to see puppies get into daycare um, at eight and nine weeks old. And I think it's a great way for them to start learning or continue to learn their manners between dogs. Um, if the daycare is, is a good daycare with trained staff. Now, anytime I say 
this is what I think I would like to see dogs do. It is under the assumption that they are going to a facility where the staff is very well trained and they know what they're doing. Not just any daycare, but a daycare that actually has knowledgeable staff on dog behavior, dog communication, and dog interaction. Um, if you have that, then having puppies start out early can really make them wonderful, wonderful dogs around other dogs. Uh, it makes them the way they should be. Uh, social, uh, very good at handling conflict, very good at communicating. Uh, but it's when we don't allow them around other dogs when they're early, um, in their early years that we, we have problems. And this is why we deal with a lot of fear aggression issues and dog aggression issues. So if you can find a daycare that will, will accept puppies, um, that is a really good one to go with if they are trained. Now, I don't want puppies just playing with puppies. If you only have puppies playing with puppies, that's kind of like having the kindergartner uh, teach the kindergarten class. So I'd like to have some really good adults um, that are around the puppies, not necessarily adolescent dogs because I think that they can be a little too rough, but some good adults that are playful but also very patient. They can almost mimic being like the um, mother or the father of the dog. Uh, so that is a really uh, great thing to start doing for your puppy and really most facilities that's going to be your cleanest place for dog socialization so I'm not worried about the vaccines not being done um, completely uh, so you know we have seen it I have done it um, when I had my facility back in 2002 um, we had puppies and we would take puppies at eight and nine weeks and we had some wonderful puppies that stayed with us um, you know the entire time we were open uh, for about three and a half years and so we just saw them turn into really great dogs that were very social and could get new dogs feeling really comfortable. So I like taking puppies. Um, I also like to see um, really any dog that is just in need of socialization but does not have behavior issues, daycare can be really good for them. I, I even like to see senior dogs go to daycare because even if they are not playing hard. They still have to be aware. So they have to be awake more than they nap. They have to be mobile, which means we get some stretching and keeping those body movements. So it keeps mobility better. So I don't think you can really put an age on a dog going to doggy daycare. But I do think that you have to look at your dog individually. Does your dog have problems with other dogs? Does your dog... Um, not have any self-control because if your dog doesn't have any self-control they're going to struggle in doggy daycare so you have to look at your dog individually there are some dogs that just don't really enjoy playing with a bunch of dogs maybe they're more of a one or two dog play and we can call them uh, more of an introverted dog and there's nothing wrong with that if you can find a daycare that has smaller groups great uh, most daycares are not going to have smaller groups like that so that may just be where you get friends together and you guys have play dates and things of that nature and that satisfies your dog's need. Um, and most importantly, I do think that dogs, even when they live in a home with multiple dogs, they need to get out and play with other dogs because if you have two dogs at home, those two dogs may play differently, but they may play the same, um, but they have their specific play style and their play preference. If 
they only know how to play that certain way with their housemate, they're not going to do a very good job at adjusting the way they play with other dogs that play differently. So if I have a dog who loves to chase um, and never plays with somebody who likes to wrestle and then tries to play with somebody that wants to wrestle, we could have a problem. But if I have a dog who may enjoy chase but has played with many different dogs that likes to, they like to wrestle and tug, then you have a more well-rounded player and a dog that can adjust their play uh, based on their uh, play partner. And that is important, and that, that's why we like that socialization, not to mention that that socialization helps them to practice their communication. And if you know anything about dog speak and know anything about how important um, we believe communication is, you're understanding that. Communication to me is the backbone of every relationship that your dog is going to have, including the relationship with you. So um, I do think that doggy daycare can be a wonderful thing. Again, if your dog is, you know, afraid, uh, a lack of confidence, daycare is not necessarily for the dog that doesn't have confidence. Uh, you need to build confidence up in your dog and then get them into uh, daycare to where they can learn how to be a dog once again. And I do think that any size dog can go to daycare um, if they have the right groups for your dog. So you may or may not consider daycare for your dog. Um, I do think, though, that it can. there are a lot more pros than cons to uh, doggy daycare. Now, how do you find a dog daycare? So this can definitely be challenging. There's a lot of daycares. There are some privately owned daycares, and then there are quite a few franchises at least in our area in Tennessee. Uh, and you would think that the franchises would have uh, excellent staff, uh, but that's not always the case. Um, just like, uh, you know, privately owned daycares don't necessarily have the best staff. Um, but the thing is, is that regardless if it is a privately owned or a franchise, training must take place for the staff. It should be the most important thing that, um, that any owner of a dog daycare should look at, which is staff training. And not just go with the minimal, but really uh, branch out and give their staff the most education that they can possibly have to do their job. So let's talk about some questions that you can ask a daycare uh, to consider if your dog is a, is a good fit for their facility or not. Um, one of the first things I will ask, and this is very important, um, and of course I just talked about it, and you're gonna talk about it, I'm gonna talk about it a lot, which is staff training. You need to ask, what type of training does your staff receive? How long is your staff's training? Um, do they have continuing education training? Uh, do they go through a certification process? If a staff says that their, um, or if a management says that their staff is trained in first aid and CPR and uh, basic dog behavior, that's not telling me a whole lot. You really need to um, ask them about their training for dog communication, interaction, altercations. Um, you know, yes, first aid and CPR is very important, but the dog behavior, it needs to be advanced, not general. General dog behavior will get you into trouble because let's think about it. Most everybody that owns a dog understands general dog behavior. So we expect our staff 
uh, of a daycare to no more. And unfortunately, I've seen a lot of facilities that do not train their staff very well. And um, basically, my clients that come to our communication seminar walk away with more education than uh, employees at, at many of the daycares. So you really have to ask. You can't, don't just, you know, expect a general answer and feel comfortable with it. You know, if you get a general answer, you need to start really probing and finding out. Even asking of who's doing the training. You know, it, do they have a website? What can we look at? Uh, because if your staff's not trained, you can drop off a dog who is great with dogs, but then after a few months, they're going to be horrible with dogs uh, because the staff is not trained properly. Um, another question that you want to ask is, what is your purpose of evaluating my dog for daycare? Um, and this one would seem a fairly simple one, but most people, um, if they answer the question with, to see how well your dog plays, then you need to go ahead and turn around and run away because that means that they're probably not well trained. Uh, the purpose of evaluating a dog for a daycare is to see what potential problems are. We know you're dropping your dog off because they like to play or you want to see if they like to play. Most dogs really like to play, so that's not an issue. It's what are my potential problems? Do I have a dog who it lacks in self-control? Do I have a dog who's not very good at their communication skills? Um, you know, so my purpose always of evaluating dogs for daycare and the staff that I trained is what is the purpose, I'm sorry, what is my potential problem that this dog may cause? So if I have a, you know, if it's not very good at respecting signals, then I know that if I have a dog who's a little more fearful that may snap quickly, that could cause a problem with my dog that I'm evaluating because they have no self-control and they may overcorrect in retaliation. Um, so you, there's a lot of things that you look at and we really like to evaluate personalities and the different traits of that personality uh, to help us understand what our potential problems might be. And we typically, the, the staff that I train and the type of daycares I set up, we typically will um, approve 98% of the dogs that we evaluate. Uh, and that 2%, typically 1% is going to be considered a yellow collar dog where they can only play with a certain group of dogs. And then another 1% might be our red collar, which means they either have one dog they can play with or they're just not uh, good for daycare at the time. Uh, and they may need more training before the evaluation happens again. Uh, so another few questions that you can ask. Um, how do you interrupt inappropriate behavior? What does that inappropriate behavior look like? I'm looking for things like disrespecting signals. If I have a dog who is barking at another dog and they're doing it nonstop and disrespecting the dog's signals, then that's inappropriate behavior and I need to interrupt that. Um, if they answer with, we use a spray bottle, we use a water hose, we use a, a can of, of pennies, we use um, pet stop, we use a loud noise. If those are any of the answers, again, probably not the right daycare for you. Uh, we want to be able to interrupt behavior using a verbal so that you can interrupt it from anywhere in the room or outdoors so that you're not having to be right on top of the dog. And we never want to use anything aversive uh, to interrupt inappropriate behavior. Another one is how do you break up fights? 
Um, if they say, well, we never have fights, well, we know they're probably lying, and again, you need to walk away. Every daycare is going to have altercations. Anytime you put dogs together, there's a high chance of an altercation. doesn't mean that everything is an all-out brawl. Uh, it can be a simple argument. It can be a simple warning. And it can be a simple fight, and even fights have different levels. So it's not, we know that those are going to happen. The most important is how do they break them up? Okay, um, if they're grabbing by scruffs or if they're screaming and yelling, if they're using water hoses, again, you need to run from that. We typically teach a verbal interrupter as well as a physical interruption that will keep the handler safe and the dog safe. And then lastly, we like to use an air horn uh, just to stop any potential um, serious fight if we cannot safely, physically um, interrupt them but always keeping sure that our supervisors are calm and in control and are not adding to the chaos that the two dogs are causing because that will a lot of times just create uh, more problems with other dogs in the group. Um, another one, and these are not in any specific order, just so you know, um, I just kind of made a list of the things I like to ask, and so I'm going through them. So none of them, they're not really in a, an important list um, and in order but just know that these are some of the things that I would like to see you asking if you're taking your dog to daycare. Um, another one, how many supervisors per group and how many dogs in a group? Uh, trained staff, typically, we like to stick to one staff member per 15 dogs. Now, there are some members that may only do well with 10 dogs and under or do small dogs better than large dogs. Uh, but if any time you have more than 15 dogs, you need to have more than one supervisor in the group. Uh, so this is important. Um, so, and of course, again, asking how many dogs per group and how do you separate the dogs? How, you know, how do you put them in play groups? Do you separate play groups by size, by play style, by age? Um, you know, how do you do the groups? Is everybody together or small and large mixed? Uh, it really is going to be different. I like dogs that are really small to have their own group, but any dogs 20-25 pounds should have no problem going into a larger group with larger dogs, but I'm going to make sure that the larger dogs that are in that group have good skills around smaller dogs. In other words, they know where they're walking, they know where they're running, they're not going to step on somebody, they're not going to run anybody over, they're not a bull in a china shop, right? So if you have that, then your small dog is typically going to do much better. Now, if you have a small dog who wants to bark after all the big dogs, I probably wouldn't have them go into a larger group um, or a big dog group, medium to big. They would probably need to be in a smaller group. Uh, so again, it's going to depend on the evaluation and what those potential problems look like uh, based on where your dog would fit uh, on how they separate their groups. So that's, again, something you really have to ask a lot of questions. Don't just automatically assume small dogs go in small and medium and large go in medium and large. Um, do the dogs get a nap? This is a big one for me. I don't like dogs that are dropped off at 7, 8 o'clock in the morning and picked up at 5, 6 o'clock at night and have not had a nap where they've had access of playing all day. Uh, there needs to be a nap time. Uh, there should at least be a nap time of 1 to 2 hours during the day to allow the dogs to take a break. And it's not just a, a nap time to where, uh, you know, well, we just kind of slow things down, but preferably having rooms where dogs can go, crates where dogs can go, where 
they are pretty much expected to take a nap. Uh, if you just leave them for a free-for-all, sometimes that nap doesn't happen or you have that one or two that don't want a nap, and so they disrupt everybody else. Ideally, you want a place where the dogs can go, whether it's their own run or own kennel or own crate. Um, do the supervisors get to play with the dogs? Do they play with the dogs? What is the supervisor's role in daycare? I can tell you that I do not like my supervisors playing with dogs. They are at doggy daycare to play with other dogs. The supervisor's role should be to supervise the group, keep play appropriate, keep the area clean, and evaluate the dogs appropriately. Um, I don't like to see supervisors throwing balls, playing tug, giving treats, and petting a bunch. Uh, this can cause problems in a group. This can cause altercations. Uh, so that's a big one of, you know, what are, what's the supervisor's role? And if they just say, well, just to watch over the group or just to keep things safe, that's not telling me a whole lot. So you're going to have to really ask these questions. Um, and then what are the safety procedures? You know, what, what do you have put in play if something happens, if there is something that is um, maybe there's a bad thunderstorm, uh, there's bad weather, there's snow coming. What are the safety precautions? What do you have in place for an emergency like that? As well as what veterinarian do you use in an emergency if you cannot get in touch with me and my dog is injured? Um, and who is responsible for paying that bill? And so those are some of the questions that you need to be asking as well. That should give you a really good idea about how they run things. Now, I know that a lot of people want to tour these facilities and check things out, uh, but unless it's set up appropriately, it is not appropriate for people to tour a facility when groups are playing uh, because that person showing up in a group or even just watching from a distance, if the dogs see you, smell you, it's going to cause some problems within the group. Uh, so just know that if they don't give you a tour in the middle of the day when groups are playing, they're probably not hiding a thing. Um, they're just trying to keep their groups safe. Uh, there's a possibility they may have um, a cam uh, set up, a camera set up in their groups, and so they have the webcams that you can watch. Maybe that's a good way to supervise. I know that when I look at webcams of daycares that many of my clients go to, um, I can get a really good idea immediately on how well trained their staff is just by watching them on video. Uh, I can see where they're standing, what they're doing in the group. Um, I can really see if they are educated and well trained. So that may be a good way to, for that. Otherwise you can take a tour of the other parts of the facility that do not house the dogs for play. Uh, just because, like I said, it's too dangerous to have a stranger coming, and especially if your dog is there that day, uh, you've dropped off, you want to do um, a tour. The best thing is do a tour and talk before you even take your dog in there. Don't even bother taking your dog until you've stopped and talked with them or talked to them on the phone. Okay. Um, when you walk into the facility, though, uh, you know, one of the things you need to recognize, how does it smell? Um, does it smell clean? Does it just smell like they've used some um, perfume to cover up the odors? Or does it actually smell clean? Um, what's the noise level like? Um, you know, is it really loud and obnoxious? Um, is it fairly quiet or do they have good insulation to where you're not really hearing it? Do they have enough staff? You know, is there one person doing six jobs? 
Um, is the supervisor having to run in and out of the daycare area uh, to answer phones or to get fresh water or whatever the case may be? Uh, they, they need to have enough staff. Uh, is there secure fencing? Okay, is the fencing secure to where um, they cannot climb over, they cannot um, jump over, they cannot escape underneath? Can they see the dogs in different yards? I'm not a fan of daycares that have yards that are next to each other with one fence between them where the dogs can see each other. There's a lot of barrier aggression that can happen with that and, um, and a lot of altercations can take place. So I don't like for dogs to see each other in different yards. Uh, so preferably a privacy fence or if it's a chain link, having some type of barrier where the dogs cannot see. So secure fencing is important. If there's an indoor area, uh, you need to check out the flooring. What type of flooring material do they use? I do not like dogs playing on concrete, um, epoxy floors uh, that may have a grip to it. Um, any type of hard surface when dogs are playing can cause serious issue. Even with the floors that have some type of um, texture to it still can get too slippery and I see dogs injure knees, hips. Um, I've seen dogs injure themselves if they fall off a piece of equipment. Um, they can injure themselves that way. Which also, um, I don't like to use a lot of equipment in my daycare yards. That's indoor or outdoor. I don't like climbing equipment. I think it's dangerous. Um, I also think that there are too many opportunities for dogs to get lost under this um, this, you know, toys or underneath the climbing equipment. Um, you know, so again, making sure the traffic, is, the staff is trained well enough so that you don't have those issues, but preferably very little climbing equipment. Um, if they, you know, if you want to do some things like some jumps in the yard or maybe, um, something that's low to the ground, but this, this, a lot of this equipment that people are using are this plastic kids equipment, and dogs are going over it and under it, and, and it's causing some issues. I don't like to see a lot of equipment at all. Um, dogs don't really need a lot of equipment. Um, they just need some toys and each other, and uh, that should keep things fairly safe. I also don't like to see any dogs up on tables, chairs, or in supervisors' laps, because that can also cause problems. So you got to look at that. Um, and also outdoor, what is the material that they're using outdoor? Is it regular grass and dirt? Because then we have some problems with possible giardia and other worm issues. Um, is it canine grass, which is one of the best? Is it just rock and pebble? Uh, which I would not use rock and pebble as a, an entire play area. It's not easy for the dogs to run into. Plus, you may have some dogs that like to chew on rocks. So you really want to look at what that material is. If somebody can use natural grass and keep it natural, um, that is ideal. But let's be real. Anybody that's had dogs knows that um, you just can't keep grass natural with them. They're going to run paths and um, they're going to definitely create some dirt in that yard. So canine grass uh, is really, it's the fake grass. Uh, very, it's porous and it's uh, really the best to use for outdoor. Indoor, I like to see padding, some thick padding uh, that you would find um, like on a gym floor or, um, you know, in gymnastics, you have uh, some of that padding that is a couple inches thick and, um, and non-porous so that if there are accidents inside, it's not going through. So again, these are just some things you want to look at um, and see if that place is right for you. Drop your dog off for a day, 
um, and see what that evaluation may look like. And don't feel bad if that specific um, daycare is not right for you and your dog. Um, every daycare is going to have different opinions on what kind of dogs they want. I have some daycares that they don't want to deal with the problem dogs. They only want the green collar dogs that are just out and about play and they can play with anybody. Not a lot of them want to deal with the yellow collars, which mean, you know, they need a little special work to make them a green collar. But then I have some facilities that specialize in dealing with yellow collar dogs to make them green collar dogs. So they're actually getting a little training um, while they're at daycare to help them be better overall. Doesn't take you off the hook. There are still things you need to do at home, um, but you can definitely find a daycare out there that can help you with that. So um, I would say that overall, that would be a good start of looking for daycare uh, that's right for your dog. And of course, you can never go wrong if just, you know, going with your gut, going with how you feel when you're talking to the staff. Are they friendly? Are they knowledgeable? Um, you know, are they um, willing to follow the rules of not petting your dog for jumping because you don't want your dog jumping? Or would they just rather prove to you they love the, your dog by rewarding the bad behavior? Uh, we want people that will follow the rules, um, do the things that you ask, not reward for jumping, not reward for excessive barking, um, that are very well trained and know exactly what they're doing. Um, otherwise, it can be a danger to your dog, can be a danger to the other dogs, um, and your dog can end up learning some really bad habits. So those are uh, some things to start with for you. Um, if you've considered daycare, now you've got the tools to go find one. Um, and then if you're already in one, and even though your dog's been there, it's probably good to ask these questions if you've not asked them. Make sure that things are going well. And, um, and also, lastly, I am really big on I don't like dogs going to daycare five days a week. Um, unless they have really specified nap times and maybe even a longer nap time. Unless the dog is boarding with that facility, then five days a week is just fine. But typically when dogs go to daycare five days a week, they're not really getting the rest that they need. And you're going to end up with some altercations and some grumpiness. If they're not boarding, I say three days a week is max. Preferably Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. I mean, something but only three days a week. Uh, but if they're boarding, five days a week should be fine because we know that they are getting at least rest at night in their kennel. Uh, so that's the other thing. Uh, so if you have a daycare that's like, yeah, bring them five days a week. I'm not sure exactly how knowledgeable they are on dog behavior and uh, the dog's needs for that. All right, if you have questions, feel free to reach out to me. I didn't mean to make this podcast this long, but but you really needed this information if you're looking at doggy daycare uh, because we've had, um, we have some really good ones around town and we have some really bad ones around town. And, and our job is to educate. And if you've had a good experience with a daycare, feel free to reach out and, you know, give them a review because people will look at that. Give them a review, um, you know, tell people on your Facebook pages and let them know that you found a good daycare. At the same time, if you found a daycare that was not appropriate, you need to review that as well because people don't know about these bad things unless we share. But I think it's as important to share the good stuff as well. So feel free to share that knowledge with others and let them know. Uh, just because your dog does well to daycare doesn't mean that somebody else's dog will fit into that daycare, but you can at least give them your opinion on things like cleanliness, 
odor, evaluation processes, how well the, tra the staff is trained, how knowledgeable are they, how friendly are they, uh, things of that nature. All right, guys, I appreciate it. Um, thanks for getting through this podcast. If you did, um, I tried to get through it quickly because I try to keep these under 30 minutes, uh, but I hope you've enjoyed it. And of course, you can always reach out to us if you have questions. Um, if you're looking for a daycare in your area, you're welcome to send us an email. We'll be happy to give you any type of references um, or opinions on facilities that we know about. Um, I look forward to seeing you guys sometime soon, whether it be a private lesson, a group class, or one of our seminars. Um, I really hope that you are spreading out, uh, spreading this podcast out to your family and friends. Please share. We really want to reach as many people as possible. Okay, I am, that was long-winded, and I am going to let you now get back to life without Nikki. You guys have a wonderful week. God bless.